0: and testified very truly I tell you one of you is going to betray me his disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant one of them the disciple whom Jesus loved was reclining next to him Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said ask him which one he means leaning back against Jesus he answered him Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Jesus took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, What you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. When he was gone, Jesus said, "'Now the Son of Man is glorified "'and God is glorified in him.' If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Just pray now before um, Trevor comes to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this passage, for the words you've given to us. We pray now for Trevor. May our hearts be open to receiving this word. May they be clear to us. And may this be an opportunity, Lord, for you to do a work within us and change us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Well, good morning. Everybody, what a joyous occasion to be here, and a wonderful privilege to be asked to share what God has to say to each of us today. And with Easter having just been, I thought it would be good to speak on this famous true story, the story that's been named The Last Supper. And as you listen to it being read, you may have caught the deep emotions that were present. There's the emotions of joy as it's the Passover, a little like our Christmas celebration. There's surprise and maybe confusion at some of the things that Jesus is doing, some of the things that Jesus is saying. But for others, well, there's anxiety and there's fear that fills the air as they realize they're just a few steps away, one from betrayal and the other from denial. And at heart, the celebration is, of course, the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus that the disciples have followed these last three years. And what a three years it's been. You know, just imagine if smartphones had been invented at the time of the Lord Jesus. I mean, which pictures, which videos, would you have wanted most to have been on your smartphone? If you read through John's Gospel, maybe it's it's chapter 2. You go to a wedding, and it's a really embarrassing thing because the wine runs out, and then the Lord Jesus comes to the front. Mary says, do whatever, whatever he tells you, do it. And then you see these six massive stone water jars. And the Lord Jesus changes it from water to wine. And then it's taken to the head. And he drinks it and he says, this is the best. I mean, just imagine having your phone out of that one. (laughs) Or maybe you were there when a little boy and there's 5,000 people and they're starving hungry. And they're looking for Jesus to do something. And one little boy brings his packed lunch and says, is this going to do anything? And then Lord Jesus starts changing it. And there's food for everyone. In fact, there's, there's seven basketfuls left over. Imagine having your phone at that one. Or maybe my favorite story in John's Gospel when Jesus goes to the graveside of Lazarus. And he's been dead for four days. And, they say, and then Jesus says, Take the stone away from the tomb. And they say, No, don't do that, it'll stink. And maybe you were at the wedding and maybe you were at the feeding, so you have your phone right there. And then Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And then this man comes out. He's been dead for four days. Imagine having that on your smartphone. Imagine putting that on Twitter. Just imagine having those three things on your smartphone. Stories that prove to everybody that Jesus is God. God in flesh and blood. All of this power, literally, at the end of his fingertips. Which brings us to our first point this morning. Verse 3. Jesus has all the power, more power than any human being could ever have imagined. And how does he use it? All of that power at his fingertips. He can do whatever he wants. And how does he use it? He takes a towel and he washes his disciples' feet. They're dirty, smelly, sweaty feet. You see, if if you want to understand what God is like, the story that we've had so lovely read to us is the best place to start. Because when you look at this story, you see God's glory. Jesus has all the power, and he uses it, what? How does he use it? Serve himself? No, to serve others. This is the one, if you read John's Gospel, and I would encourage you, if you're new to Christian things, read John's Gospel. If you read John's Gospel, you'll see that he's the one who created the oceans. He's the one who made Niagara Falls. This is the one who changed water into wine. And now he's using water to wash his disciples' smelly feet. You see, Christianity is all about power. It's all about power. Power to serve other people. Just look at the verses. Pop the next one up. Just look at these verses again. And just look at the words or the titles that Jesus gives to himself. Lord, teacher, master, example. See, those of you who have been baptized today, and what a joy it's been. So many of them are my peers who was in my youth group and their children being baptized. What a joy it has been for me to sit and watch that. Those of you who have been baptized today... Every aspect of your life is now, every aspect of your life, is now under the wonderful leadership of the Lord Jesus. The one who changed water into wine now wants to change your life. No longer are you alone. No longer are you alone trying to work out difficult relationships or stressful circumstances. That life rose up. Instead, the one who made you, the one who made you, is your example. God, in flesh and blood. He's the one to follow. He's your example, and it starts with serving others. The one who has limitless power, when he wants to show his real glory, he washes feet. That's at the very heart of his example to you and to me. Christianity is all about power. Power to serve all people. Now imagine the scene. Imagine the scene. As the Lord Jesus has the towel and he has the bowl. And he goes to one disciple after another and washes this one's feet. And then the next one. And then he gets to Peter. We just had beautifully read. We know what happened. Peter is going to betray, Peter is going to desert Jesus. And he gets the bowl and he looks at Peter's feet and then, no doubt, looks in his eyes. One of the young people said they love Jesus' humanity. If you'd have known that Peter was going to to desert you, would you have wanted to wash his feet? I mean, at that point, Jesus could do a sort of messy Ronaldo swerve (laughs) and move on to the next one. But if Peter wasn't enough, what about when he gets to Judas? Are you going to wash his feet? But of course, he does wash his feet because he's come to serve all people. No one excluded. Those of you if you are here today, maybe you're visitors here, and as you've been made, very, very welcome. But you're not sure what the King's Church stands for, or what it's really all about. Maybe you're new to Christian things, and it's all slightly confusing. Well, if that's you, realize that Christianity is all about power. It's all about power to serve. You know, I've had the joy the last 14 years being a, a, mem- a member of a church family, working for a church in, in uh, the West End of London. If you know the West End of London, it's, it's the wealthiest borough in the country. And uh, I, I've actually ta- I, one of my new um, hobbies when I arrived was taking pictures of private number plates. I've done a whole talk from the Book of Romans on private number plates. I did use a few Bible verses, but it was basically based on, on private number plates. Um, And because there's so much wealth, uh, there's more homeless people in Westminster than any other borough in the the country. And it's been amazing for me to see, I mean, it's been going for 30 years, it was long before I was ever there. So I can speak of it positively and in one sense boast about it because it has nothing to do with me. It's been amazing to see the commitment, the utter commitment of God's people in the West End of London to the homeless. We spend literally tens of hundreds of thousands of pounds every year looking after homeless people. I've helped out a little bit. And when you do, you realize just how broken people's lives are. And then some of the team, they've literally plowed their lives into these people. Because Jesus has come to serve all people. Since I've been there the last 14 years, about 10 years ago, they started up a a work amongst those who are sex trafficked because there's lots of money. There's literally a remember a policeman telling us who we work with. He said, there's a brothel on every other street. And to see this group of ladies who every Thursday go to the brothels to seek to help those who are sex trafficked. Christianity is about serving everybody because especially the most vulnerable, Because we walk in the steps of our Savior. Now Chesington here is obviously a very different area. But this is the king's center. So serving all people is at the heart and passion of God's people here. And it's wonderful to see that. Those of you who have been baptized today, Jesus is your teacher. He's your Lord. He's your master. And therefore he's your number one example. Follow him. Serve all people. Secondly, Christianity is all about purity. It's a pity Trevor Archer isn't here today. They loved all these alliterations, all the Ps. Now, as a story, as we read through this story, you notice Peter's reaction to Jesus when he came to wash his feet. Did you see that? Jesus, wash my feet. Absolutely no, no. Said Peter, you shall. Never wash my feet. And Jesus' reply to Peter is short, it's simple, and it's straightforward. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Now often the beautiful thing about Peter is he often speaks up for us all. Peter's feet, I'm sure, were as dirty as all the rest of his mates, so they need washing. You see, when Jesus washes the disciples' feet, he's not only giving us an example to follow, but he's also revealing to us the very main reason he's come to earth. You get a little bit of a hint, if you look at verse 1 in those books, you get a little bit of a hint of that in verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to his Father. Jesus knows that his mission to earth is soon coming to an end he's returning to his father in heaven but before he, die, before he does he has to die and rise which is what Christians remembered and celebrated last weekend now why why do Christians celebrate a man dying naked on a cross, bruised and battered you see when Jesus washes his disciples feet it's like a picture it's a picture to, to us all it's a picture to us of what we're like. And it's a picture of, to us of what Jesus is like. You see, Peter's life, like his mates, needs cleaning. It needs forgiving. You know, there's a great story in the Gospels, if you read through them, when Jesus is walking along and his, his mates, the 12 disciples, are having an argument. And they're having an argument about who is the greatest I mean, can you just imagine it, Jesus kind of hearing that? And it seems crazy, but don't we all do that? We all love to compare ourselves to others. Usually, people who act in the worst ways than we do. Why? So that we can enjoy the thought that we are in some way slightly better than somebody else. Most of the headings, we would go down to, to the chop box. I saw that coming down just on the corner. I was saying to my wife, that was, that was called the chop box when I was a kid. If you were to go into the chop, chop box and you looked at the tabloids, all of, all of the, the headings are designed to make someone seem bad so I can feel what? So I can slightly feel better. Most of so, lo, a lot of social media is dragging others down. Why? So that I can feel better about myself. But Jesus comes with his bowl and his towel to clean us. And he comes with his bowl and towel to clean all of us. Because all of us have bits in our lives that need cleaning bits that people see, bits that people don't see. Selfish acts, selfish words, selfish ways, selfish imaginations. And often that's just with the people that we love our selfish acts and our selfish words and our selfish ways. Let alone the people we don't. If Peter is to be a follower of Jesus, then he must allow him, he must allow Jesus to wash him. His master, his teacher, his example will soon die and will take the punishment for Peter's selfishness. He dies so that Peter can be forgiven. He dies so that you can be forgiven. He dies to make you clean i am so thankful that the god of the bible the one true god is a god who wants to make me clean i'm so glad that i have a god who leaves the glory of heaven to come to live amongst unclean selfish people like me to clean us to forgive us just the other day, I was talking to a young, young person and they were saying, no, no, I'm just not sure it's true. So many religions. And I said, well, there's, just, there's one answer to that. Just investigate them all. And ask yourself one question. Are they true? Which one's true? Look at them all. Which one's true? And if you're a Christian and you've got four gospels of the Lord Jesus it just gives you so much confidence because you think just look at the man just look at him look at him when he's against those who are having a go at all the most vulnerable just look at him then and he's like a lion protecting them and then look at him when he sees a woman whose life's been where she's been sinned against More than she sinned in John 4, and he's as gentle as a lamb. Just look at him. And as Christians, we're just confident. Just look at our Savior. Yeah, look at all the rest, but look at him. And then we're just convinced. If you seriously look at him, as the young people have said today, then you'll be drawn to him. So, how does Peter respond? Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet but my hands and my head as well. Peter wants to be clean and he realizes that only Jesus can make him clean. It's wonderful to be here today to celebrate with 14 people who have realized that, in the, that their lives need to be cleaned by Jesus, cleaned by the perfect Son of God. Will any of you today follow these 14 young people who have been baptized And come to the Lord Jesus to be cleaned. Won't you come to him today? Well, you might say, Trevor, I'm I'm not ready for that. That's okay. Well, why not just come along to the course that Mike will tell you about a little bit later? Just come and look at him. Which brings us to our last point. Christianity is about power. Christianity is about purity. And lastly, Christianity is about patience. As a parent, and now a grandparent, one of the biggest qualities you often need is patience. Don't you agree, parents, grandparents? It's actually a lot easier to be patient when you're a grandparent, I've found, than when you're a parent. Why? Because you're dealing with little people who often get confused, get things wrong, speak when they shouldn't, and do things when they shouldn't. Now, when you consider Jesus, we're all very small, aren't we? Small when it comes to power, small when it comes to being clean. So how does our teacher, our master, our saviour treat us when we fail? We've seen that his desire is to what? Is to remake us, is to create us to be what we're made to be, which is to serve others before ourselves. Those of you who have been baptised today, you have a wonderful life ahead of you. So many, all of you, so young, a wonderful life ahead of you, getting to know God through his word and through God's community here at the King's Center. More of your master, more of your teacher, more of your example, the Lord Jesus. But what happens when you fail? Which you will. Passion today. I want to follow the Lord Jesus. But let me tell you, You're going to fail him. And when we look at Peter, the thought of failing Jesus and deserting him was never on his agenda. He thinks he's clearly that failing Jesus is just not part of his DNA. I love you so much. Verse 37, Peter asks, Lord, why can't I follow you? I will lay down my life for you. I'm sure his words reflect good desires and motives, but in just a few hours, what's going to happen? Being made into the likeness of Jesus in your character and personality is a journey, a process, a lifetime of God slowly shaping your character and personality so you're more like the Lord Jesus. And God is so beautifully, wonderfully patient Verse 37. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you? I will lay down my life for you. Now, what do you think the Lord Jesus thought when he said that to him? I will lay down my life for you. Really? Actually, it's me who lays my life down for you, mate. Verse 38. Then Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. In reality, of course, it's Jesus laying down his life for Peter. Jesus, our master. So he commands and leads. And that's the example we have to follow. And the example is the greatest ever. And those who follow him, then we will will fail. But when we fail, he's patient, he's forgiving, he's full of mercy. He's like a good parent. He's a great parent. He's kind and forgiving. Christianity is about power, servant power. Christianity is about purity, Jesus making us clean. Christianity is about patience, God patiently changing us into the likeness of Jesus, the servant. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this story. We thank you so much for how it shows the brilliance and the beauty of the Lord Jesus. When we see it, we see so many of our failings. We see so clearly that we need cleaning. And we thank you that we have a God who's come to do that.